1: searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iheart radio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote this is the look ahead with scott seidenberg on v the sports betting network
2: Coming to you from the Circa Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas, I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Follow along on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R, and at VSIN Live. Free baseball in Seattle as the Yankees and Mariners play into extra innings in what is a playoff-like atmosphere in Seattle. The Mariners haven't played meaningful games deep into August and eventually into September in quite some time. I know last year they were in the running a bit, and, you know, this year just feels different for the Seattle Mariners. Last year coming up just short, this year feels like there's an expectation to make the postseason. With the talent that they have brought in, with various trades, with Julio Rodriguez, the likely American League Rookie of the Year. I know he's hurt, but he'll be back. And just the way that this team is playing, it feels like there is an expectation to make the postseason. Currently in position to have a wild card at this moment, and looking at the remainder of their schedule, You have to realize that they have a good chance to make the postseason. They have the easiest remaining schedule in Major League Baseball. They have series against the Nationals. They play them twice. They play the A's nine times, the Tigers seven times, the Royals three times, the Angels seven times, and the Rangers six times. If you look at Fangraph's projections for the Mariners, they have them winning 86 games. 86 and 76 would have the Mariners ahead of every team in the Central, as well as ahead of the Boston Red Sox and the Baltimore Orioles, the only teams they would be behind. Actually, they would projected to be tied with the Rays and behind the Blue Jays, meaning if the projections hold up, then this team is going to be a playoff team. But just looking at their remaining schedule and looking at how easy it is, This team is going to make the postseason. I firmly believe that. Now, do you want to place a long shot future on them to win the league? I don't think that that's smart. They're 15 to one to win the American League. And I don't think in a seven game series, should they get to the even, should they even get to the ALCS? I just don't see them defeating the likes of the Yankees. Or the Astros. So forget about even getting out of the, the 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 division series before that. They have to get out of a wild card series first. So three wild card games. Then they have to get out of a division series. And then it's the Yankees or the Astros in the ALCS. And I don't see that happening. So 15 to 1 on them to um you know. To, to, to win the American League? Don't think so. But in terms of them just making the playoffs, yeah, I think they're getting in, And I think they're a play-on team as they move forward just looking at the easiness of this schedule. Again, looking at the strength of schedule remaining in Major League Baseball. They have the easiest remaining strength of schedule as I'm watching some terrible base running uh, occur um, little pickle, as it's called. Uh, just uh, horrific baseball, uh, horrific uh, base running. No idea what just happened. But the Mariners have the easiest remaining strength to schedule in baseball with a 449 winning percentage of their opponents. The most difficult remaining schedule in Major League Baseball belongs to the Arizona Diamondbacks. But of the postseason potential teams, the Tampa Bay Rays have the most difficult remaining schedule. They have the third hardest remaining schedule in baseball. And so if you're looking for a team to possibly fade out of this group of wild card teams, perhaps it is this Tampa Bay Rays squad. Tampa's got nine against the Yankees, six against the Astros, nine against the Blue Jays, three against the Guardians, three against the Orioles, and a game against the Brewers. So you look at that schedule, and it is just brutal for Tampa, the third most difficult schedule remaining in Major League Baseball, and the Rays right now are holding on to a wild-card spot, but not by much. 58-51 and on the season, and uh, very close behind them are the Mariners and the Orioles, and the Guardians even throwing the White Sox. Red Sox are five games back of a wild card spot. So that's a little bit more difficult of a task. The Red Sox, speaking of Boston, the fifth most difficult schedule remaining in Major League Baseball. Of the other postseason teams that have um, easy schedules remaining, I mentioned Seattle, St. Louis. This is why I believe that the Cardinals are actually heavily favored to win the Central over the Brewers is because of their schedule. It's not just because they've built themselves up a little bit of a lead here despite getting just walloped on a Tuesday. The Cardinals right now have a one-game lead on the Brewers. But if you look at the remaining schedule, the Cardinals have the second easiest schedule remaining in baseball four games against the Nationals, nine against the Pirates, eight against the Cubs, eight against the Reds, five against the Rockies, three against the Diamondbacks. A combined 456 winning percentage. And you just compare that to Milwaukee, who has the 11th most difficult schedule remaining in Major League Baseball, playing the likes of the Dodgers for seven times, the Mets for three times, Yankees for three times, uh, the Rays once. They play the Cardinals, obviously, in the division. They play the Cardinals seven more times. So, yeah, I would favor the Cardinals to win the Central just based on their remaining schedule for the 53 games that they have left in their season. And the other divisional race is in the American League Central, Between the Twins, Guardians, and the White Sox, they're all going to be kind of similar because they'll play each other and whatnot. Uh, But amongst those teams, it's the White Sox who have the fifth easiest schedule remaining in Major League Baseball. Four games against Oakland, nine against Detroit, six against Kansas City, two against Colorado, three against Arizona. Cleveland, though, not that far behind them. And the same thing with Minnesota, the 10th easiest schedule in Major League Baseball. So those three teams, not really an advantage that I could find between the three of them to see which one I would pick to win the Central just based on the strength of schedule remaining. But you look now, Mariners, Yankees, uh, tough series, Seattle feeling really good about themselves. Regardless of the outcome of this game or this series, they should feel good about themselves because with their strength of schedule, They'll be in a position to make the playoffs and end the longest postseason drought in the four major sports. So I do like the Mariners to make the postseason doesn't necessarily mean I like the Mariners to win in the postseason and win the American League. But with a long shot future like that, and I'm talking 15 to one to win the American League, all you want is just to be in the dance, right? Just be in the tournament. And that's where they'll be. I expect the Mariners to get a wild card spot. They'll be in the playoffs, and then anything can happen in the postseason. Um, Is it unlikely? Yes. But at that point, you got 15 to 1, and you only got to win a couple of series. Even though I don't think it's going to happen, I do think they will be in the postseason. Now, the bet to make, and I've been talking about it for a while now, is the New York Mets. And I think if you asked me, and we'll talk to our very own Dave Ross about this coming up about 20 minutes or so from now, as he is a big Mets fan. Um, the Mets right now, 5-1 to one to win the World Series. It's the Dodgers, Yankees, Astros, then the Mets. And looking at this pitching rotation, it's not just about DeGrom and Scherzer. Chris Bassett has pitched really well. Carlos Carrasco has pitched really well and Taiwan Walker has been serviceable as well guys nine and three on the season but look at what Carrasco did here uh, uh on Tuesday against the Reds now granted it's the Reds who traded away a lot of their players and uh don't look like a a real major league team but Carrasco goes six and two thirds strikes out nine and gives up two runs on a home run. And those two runs came in the seventh inning. So he had a shutout going until the seventh inning when he gives up a home run. Carrasco behind Bassett, behind Scherzer and DeGrom. I just find it hard to see this team losing four out of seven games. And in the postseason, whether it's the Dodgers, the Padres, whoever they have to face, they have the starting pitching advantage over anybody. And so 5-1, to one, still think is value on the New York Mets. I'm Scott Satterberg. You hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On Air. This is The Look Ahead here on v the sports betting network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The College Football Guide is out now. Start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of all 131 teams, including team trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations, plus our best win-total bets, Heisman Hopefuls, and playoff predictions. The only way to get access to this year's football betting guide is to become a VSIN All-Access subscriber. Sign up for VSIN, all access today, and get everything we offer for the entire football season, including our upcoming pro football betting guide. Subscribe now at slash subscribe. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Uh, Garrett Cole with his sixth game this season of at least six scoreless innings pitched. That is tied for the most in Major League Baseball. So has he had some clunkers? Yes. The last time he faced the Mariners, what he give up six runs in the first inning on three home runs? Yeah, he's had some clunkers, but he's also thrown some gems. Sixth game this season with uh, at least six scoreless innings pitched. Um, if you are a VEASAN subscriber and you got our uh, daily uh, best bets on the best bets page, we uh, did go 4-0 yesterday to start the week. 3-0 so far uh, here on Tuesday uh, with the uh, Yankees pending. So if the Yankees do win, we'll be uh, perfect on the week here. Looking for 8-0 and to start the week. Feeling pretty good about that. Uh, and the play of the day just been on fire since uh, we returned from vacation. Seeing the board just very, very laser-focused right now when it comes to Major League Baseball. Uh, We'll have plenty of time to break down the board coming up for uh, Wednesday and uh, to to react to everything that we saw here on Tuesday, including the Dodgers doing what they do. Uh, Another, you know, impressive uh, outing. Uh, Manny Machado with the walk-off for the Padres as they finally score some runs. Remember, the Padres went like 23 innings without scoring runs. And, um, you know, they didn't score today until the fourth inning. So people were kind of wondering – When were the Padres going to finally score a run? Well, they they broke out, and they broke out in a big way. Uh, The other three picks that we had today was the uh, Mets in the first five innings. They naturally did their job. We talked about Carlos Carrasco throwing the six shutout innings. Uh, Had the Braves, who won in extra innings against the Red Sox. And that game was so frustrating because it just seemed like the Braves tried every which way to give the game away. So they take a 1-0 lead after the first inning and give that lead away in the second inning. They then take a 4-2 lead in the third inning only to give that lead away. They then take a lead in the 8th and give that away. They then take a lead in the 10th and give that away. And then finally they took a lead in the uh, uh, 11th and did not give that away. So the Braves were able to beat the Red Sox by a 9-7 score. And then the play of the day today was the Phillies in the first five innings over the Marlins. Talked about this a little bit last night, but Zach Wheeler has just been uh, really, really good, especially at home this season. You look at Zach Wheeler's splits now after this performance, and uh, Wheeler against the Marlins here at Citizens Bank. Six innings, five hits, one run allowed on a solo home run. That's it. He struck out eight batters and Wheeler's home road splits. Now at home, he's got this isn't hasn't even been adjusted. But prior to this game, he had a 1.58 ERA at home with opponents batting 183. That ERA will go down below 158, obviously, with the performance that he had here on um, Tuesday. And the opponent's batting average will go down as well. So Wheeler continues to. Uh, have a tremendous season, but dominate especially at home. And if you look at the market for the National League Cy Young Award, I know that Sandy Alcantara has had such a great season. But Zach Wheeler is at 25-1. to And he's going to get some votes, especially if he finishes out the season as strong as the way that he has been pitching. And we talked about this a little bit with um, uh, Jason Weingarten last night. It's like, I wish you can bet on who's finishing second or third. Like in these award markets, it would be so fun to bet on a top five or a top three or something like that as opposed to just the outright winner because a guy like Zach Wheeler is going to get votes. He's been too good this season to not get votes And, you know, Sandy's kind of slipped up a bit, uh, you know, after such a dominant start. The problem is that Sandy, what he does is, you know, he goes nine innings every time. And by the way, on uh, Wednesday, it is Sandy Day. Uh, The Marlins and the Phillies, Sandy against Noah Syndergaard. Total of seven and a half. This might be a first five under. That might be the way to attack this one. But we'll get into that coming up a little bit later on. So that was the recap of the picks there uh, on the Daily Best Bets page. Coming up about 10 minutes or so from now, we'll continue the Major League Baseball conversation. Our very own Dave Ross will join me on the program. Dave is a big Mets fan, so we'll talk to him about his amazings and if he's in on 5-1 to one on them to win the World Series or at least placing a bet on them to win the National League right now. Uh, the big story that was kind of circulating yesterday and really you know kind of carried over into today, if we can get into it real quick, was um, the Kevin Durant saga with the Brooklyn Nets. And I was asked today if with all of this nonsense going on, would I still bet on the Nets? Now to just reiterate the nonsense that is going on is that Kevin Durant, we know that he had requested a trade and that he's probably not getting traded. And, you know, the market's not even available anymore on where Durant's going to play because it's it's overwhelming that it's going to be with the Brooklyn Nets. But then Durant says, all right, well, I'm going to stay, but you got to get rid of Steve Nash and Sean Marks. And (laughs) that didn't fly well with Nets owner Joe Tsai who came out and backed his coach and his front office. He sent out a tweet, quote, Our front office and coaching staff have my support. We will make decisions in the best interest of the Brooklyn Nets. And this is a little bit of a... uh, This story just doesn't seem to want to go away. There was a report in the um, New York Post that said that Kyrie Irving also is very anti-Steve Nash and Sean Marks. But then, (laughs) um, it was, uh, let's see, Kyrie's agent then told the New York Post, quote, I'm not sure where this narrative is coming from, but Kyrie does not hate Steve or Sean. That's not a part of his being, nor how he represents himself in the world. He is about peace, love, and acceptance. So um, just a whole bunch of, uh, yeah, back and forth of the Kevin Durant wanting um, Sean Marks and Steve Nash fired, and then that not happening, and just a whole bunch of confusion there. By the way, the Yankees just got picked off again. Was that a double play or bad base running? No, it was a double play okay and nothing you can do about that line drive but bad base running picks off another guy and a uh double play just picks off the other runner so the ghost runner has been wiped out in extra innings both times for the bombers but anyway back to Durant and, and this saga i was asked if i would bet on the brooklyn nets and my my answer was if you if you think about if they're going to play on the same team regardless of who the head coach is if it's Durant and Kyrie and Ben Simmons on the floor the nets are going to make the playoffs right like with the play in tournament everyone essentially makes the playoffs like the nets were in the play in tournament this year um and as a bad team you know a team that did not have Kyrie for majority of the season didn't have Durant for the majority of the season they still um you know were able to get into the play in tournament and get into a postseason series so the answer is if that happens and these guys play they're going to get to the playoffs and then in the playoffs you would give them their odds much lower than what you're getting right now at like 18 15 to 1 because Last year they were like a favorite in the playoffs. So if you think Durant's going to play there this year, regardless of the drama that's going on, why not take a flyer on 15 to 1 on the Nets to win the title. So my response is while I want no part of this team because I think this drama is just ridiculous, the math the math equation here is just 15 to 1, seems too good to pass up in the event everything goes aside, and this is a team that is playing in the playoffs. We're going to get some thoughts from Dave Ross coming up next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network.
1: Visit VSIN.com today.
2: This is The Look Ahead on v the sports betting network. Welcome back. This segment of The Look Ahead is presented by Zinn Nicotine Pouches, the simpler way to experience nicotine satisfaction and enjoy lasting change on your terms. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that have helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. I don't know about you, but there have been times in life where I needed to make a change, but I wasn't ready yet. Well, I'm sure a lot of smokers and dippers out there feel the same way. So Zinn understands there isn't one right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline is a little different. Everyone's on their own journey. So whenever you feel like you're ready to take that first step towards change, Zinn will be there for you with the right strength, the right flavor at the right time. If you're thinking about making a change and want to learn more today, check out Zyn Nicotine Pouches at zyn.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It's The Look Ahead here on Vsin, the sports betting network. Let's check in now with our very own Dave Ross, who you catch all across the network here on Vsin as well as hosting First Strike, our MMA show, which is uh, available, I believe, on Fridays. Right, Dave? You've released the new episodes?
4: Absolutely. We have First Strike, First Look out right now that I do with Lou Finnecaro. I had Lou on the program today. And what we're basically trying to do there, Scott, is anything like we try to do with the NFL or you know, early lines come out during the week and you try to get the best numbers before you get to Sunday's kickoff. It's the same thing in the UFC. So those numbers are out now. Lou and I were breaking down the uh, the fight card today that's up right now, First Strike, First Look. Thanks. On Friday, we'll have the first hour with our full complement decent uh, contributors on first strike as we break down which should be a pretty interesting fight card headlined by Marlon Vera against Dominic Cruz well at one time Scotty was one of the best man ways to ever rule the face of the earth and now he's over a two dollar underdog so
2: father time catch everybody what's the next big event coming up is it Adesanya and in the rematch for him
4: I say that again Scotty you cut on
2: that what's the next second? what is the next big fight to come up is it Adesanya and his next fight?
4: It is, and also, you know, Nate Diaz has got a a fight coming up, which I think a lot of people go, wow, are you really going to put Kazmaev against Nate Diaz? Is this going to be an interesting fight? It'll be interesting from a betting perspective right now. Chimaev is is minus $12 right now uh, in the betting market against Nate Diaz. So it, it looks so lopsided right now for a main event coming up here in the next month. But it's still Nate Diaz. And again, I know it's not 2015 and you know beating Conor McGregor, the first guy to do that and submit him uh, in round um, back then. I mean, that's six, seven years ago now. And the epic fights that he had with Conor, you, you kind of go, well, is this just a, a fight that you, you kind of look at it as like a gimmick, like a Jake Paul type fight? I don't think it's, it's that bad. But in the betting market right now, that doesn't really look like the most competitive fight. I'm still intrigued. I'm still going to watch. I still want to see if Nick has one more shocker, like he shot back when he was the first guy to defeat
2: McGregor. Yeah, UFC 281 in November is going to be the rematch. Adesanya and Pereira. Uh, Israel's mm-hmm. going to be a, a massive favorite in this one, I assume, right?
4: Yeah, I don't know if they'll be a massive favorite, Scott, because I look at it and I, you know, the first time they fought, and again, it was a different organization, uh, he got the better of Israel Adesanya uh, with the Sands, and we know he's got knockout power, so I, Adesanya will be a decided favorite, but I think right now, when you look at the way that Pahara just knocks people out, I think he's got that, uh, certainly that cachet going into that fight to see where the numbers are set when they come out.
2: Yeah, I see uh, minus 165 for Adesanya right yeah. now is what I'm seeing. Okay.
4: Exactly, and, I, and I, I feel that's about right, and it shows kind of the rise right now at Perera. Uh It's his last knockout of Scott Strickland, everybody that saw that went, wow, you just do not want to stand in front of this guy. So it'll be very, very, very interesting fight in one respect. Can he catch his as he done before in other organizations? Can he do it now here? Uh, maybe, you know, a bigger octagon, we'll figure it out. But Izzy's going to have to be on his bike. But he really wants to stand in front of Pajaro
2: with that power. That fight will be at Madison Square Garden in New York City on Saturday, November 12th. Well, speaking of New York, Dave, your Amazins right now in my mind are the bet to make to not just win the National League, but to win the World Series. And a lot of it has to do with, yes, how great Jacob deGrom looked this past weekend. And I look at yeah. this pitching rotation, and whether it's deGrom and Scherzer and Bassett, and Carrasco, I just can't see this team losing four out of seven games in a postseason series.
4: I'm with it, and again, my only caution was, what is Jacob DeGrom going to look like? He said, over a full calendar year before we saw Jacob DeGrom pitch again in in a big league ballpark, and after you see him in his first week, you go, wow, this is exactly what you and I talked about through the majority of the beginning of the season's got it. As a Metropolitan and it came on with you before it started, right when that news broke, and it was like devastating. Tom's not ready for the open. And as the Mets got that comfortable lead in May and you saw the Braves make their I said, as a Metropolitan backer and it certainly as a financial backer if you played the Mets, don't Jacob DeGrom, don't have to bring him back soon. They were very smart, waited past the All-Star break until Jacob DeGrom even set him back once. Uh, in his rehab starts in AAA, and I thought that was so smart. A hundred percent Jacob deGrom in August as in for the stretch run now, and this should be plenty to be able to hold off the Braves, I would think, after the week they just had against the ATL. This is a perfect scenario for the Mets. Now, is Volga back going to be enough? Do they do enough of the trade deadline to get the big bats? Maybe if you have to go up against the Dodgers, possibly in an NLCS. We'll cross that bridge when you get there. But I'm with you. The one, two, three, and I mentioned this before the season began, Chris Bassett and what a huge addition to the rotation it would be. You slot him in as a number three with the Grom insurers as one and one A. Oh, my goodness. That is going to be really tough for any team to be in a seven game series. So it really doesn't look any better than this for the 2015 since getting back to the World Series against the Royals. And this does feel like an even better version of the Mets seven years later. So, yeah, I know the Dodgers are still the team to beat. we see Kershaw News come out. We'll find out how long Clayton's going to be on the show. But the Mets feel like they're getting healthier, and they're going to hit their stride, their full stride, and floated Metropolitans. I don't know if the Dodgers are going to be able to say that. And the Padres, what was that? Coming up the big trade uh, after the deadline. And then they really play an egg uh, in that first series going forward. Against the Dodgers, not saying they're dead in the water. You, you kind of look at it like who, who's going to be the biggest challenge? It looks like it's L.A. and it's L.A. Uh, NLCS would be something I think. The, the, certainly, the betting public and I know Major League Baseball would love to see.
2: Well, Dave, the Yankees for the third straight inning in extra innings have run themselves out of an inning. Oh no! It is uh, <laughs> the in in the first uh, extra inning with the ghost runner. They attempted a double steal, and uh, Andrew Bintendi was picked off going from second to third. In the uh, 10th inning, there was a line drive double play, which picked off the ghost runner at second base. And now in the 12th inning, uh, a ground ball back to the pitcher picks off not just the runner on second, but also the batter who hit the uh, comebacker going from first to second. Three, it, I, they are, I it, this, Dave, I swear, if I didn't know better, I would have thought they were throwing the game on purpose.
4: Well, the Yankees are not playing good baseball. Newsflash: Everybody in New York certainly knows this right now. Uh, it, you knew they couldn't keep up this pace they were on, right? And you know, even when you talk to Will Hill, I call him the King of New York, does a great job here at the network uh, with the New York City Cats. and you kind of knew that this might be a bit of fool's goal because. If- Aaron Judge, and maybe Stanton here and there, and Rizzo, the lineup just wasn't producing enough runs, right? So, it's so it felt like it gets up to the Yankees. It's happening now. I guess the good news is they built up such a big lead in the East that shouldn't really affect them there. But really, Scott, do you trust this team to a short series in the American League? Because right now, Houston, New York, what do you think those odds would be? Because to me, I'd make that almost even right now.
2: Yeah, and I think you're more comfortable betting on the Astros the way that they have looked and the way that they have played. Uh, yeah, the yep. Yankees right now are just really lucky that they have built themselves up such a large cushion because I believe if you go back to June twenty, uh, July twenty fourth, uh, no, no, June twenty fourth, yep. If you go back to June twenty fourth. I believe the Kansas City Royals have a better record than the New York Yankees.
4: <laughs> they do, and again, it you do again. This is a part of a one fifty we all understand that. But from a betting perspective going forward, for the how much do you really trust them? Because if they can't get runners on and those shots for Aaron Judge, I mean, to me, how do you get runs? How do you produce runs? They've got to do that. And it's been up and down. It was really good tonight. But you'd you better hope the pitch really carried the majority of the season. Can they do it in the postseason? That's going to be the biggest question mark to me because the lineup just doesn't produce enough
2: for my liking. Let's talk a little football on the other side. Dave, he's Dave Ross. You catch him all across the network here on VSAN. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is the look ahead here on the Sports Betting Network.
1: vcin.com today this is the look ahead on VCN,
2: the sports betting network if you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams bet rivers has you covered bet rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective there are city casts in chicago denver detroit la new york philadelphia pittsburgh and washington dc subscribe to your local city cast wherever You get your podcasts. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead here on VSIN. We are rejoined by our very own Dave Ross. You catch uh, first strike, first look available right now uh, on vsin.com slash podcast, wherever you get your podcasts from. Dave, uh, let's talk a little football here. Preseason kicked off last week with the Hall of Fame game, but week one officially of the preseason gets underway here on Thursday. Do you uh, bet a lot of preseason? What are you looking for in the preseason as you're going through your prep for the regular season in the NFL? I normally
4: do not, and it's something I discussed today in the Lombardi line with Wes Reynolds. But if you do see an advantage that you believe you can take advantage of, then I think you can hop in a little bit. But be very cautious with some of these preseason lines. It doesn't take a whole lot to move them one way or the other. I think right now, if I were to play one, which I have not done yet, I would look at the Vikings and the Raiders this week because after what the Raiders showed last week in the Hall of Fame game, and obviously people get excited with what they see, you look at that number and it feels inflated to me if you can get three, three and a half, four points, which it looks like it's gone up as the week has gone on here. To me, you got to think here the Vikings have a new head coach too. So the the Raiders got that out of the way last week where they had their new head coach wanting to make a splash and make a a pretty good first impression. I think all those boxes were checked. Now the Raiders are going to lay three-and-a-half against the Vikings who come in, kind of like the Raiders did a week ago. Again, no real handicap other than three-and-a-half feels too inflated for me. If I were to play one other game, I might finally go against the Ravens because now that number, because everybody knows the Ravens haven't lost, what, 20, I think 20 straight covers in preseason football. I mean, it's incredible, right? So that streak going over five years is incredible. But now everybody's caught up to that. And now you're going to lay four, four and a half with the Ravens in a, in a meaningless football game. And, 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 it, and it, John Harbaugh has said this too, Scott. He said, look, I'm not going to play the guys the way I used to play them with all the injuries they had last year. So even the Ravens are going to appro- approach this preseason very differently like they have in years past. So I think with a more cautious approach from the Ravens, and not trying to get guys banged up, give me the points in those two scenarios. But past that Scott, I really don't read too much into. I do look at the quarterback room. And I'll you know, you obviously have to pay very close attention to who's gonna play and who's not gonna play in that position group. Because look, if you know Malik Willis is gonna get a lot of time for Tennessee per se, then I might want to see what the kid has. And you think that might be a positive. The problem is we don't know if he's any good yet in the preseason in the NFL. So be very cautious on rookie quarterbacks out there in preseason time, trying to get their first looks uh, in, in NFL live fire, if you will. But to me, those are the only two angles that I like this week. Not going to play a whole lot. You look at the, the injury news too, like Makai Beckton today for the Jets. And he might be gone now for the entire season. Just 24 hours ago, the Jets are saying, it's not anything we're really concerned with. Those are the types of things, Scott, I look bigger picture at, certainly in the futures market. And the Jets are a popular play at over five and a half wins. It's juiced heavily right now. Minus $1.55 is what I'm seeing uh, pretty much market-wide. And I go, well, you just lost your, lost your left tackle. And I know maybe Makai Beckton wasn't everybody everything they thought he was going to be the last couple of years. But he was certainly improving, and he was clearly your starter at a key position and you lose that guy here in the preseason, potentially for the whole year, I start to go, man, there's no way I would lay the juice on some of these numbers that I'm seeing. Watch the Lions with, with hard knocks, popularity plays. People are going to get hyped about some of these teams. Maybe some of them for good reason, but others, the numbers get a little bit inflated. Again, for everybody out there in the futures market, in the NFL, the safer play is always the under on win totals. Now, again, if you just did them car blanche, you're probably going to win a little bit more than you're going to lose on average because there's so many things that have to go right for a team to get their win total to hit the over, and it doesn't take a whole lot for those things to go wrong and go under. So technically, it's not the sexiest plays to play the unders, but look at those injuries to key positions in training camp. They're going to happen, people. Even though I call it fake football, it's real injuries in the preseason, and they really can affect some of the balance of power in the NFL.
2: You mentioned that Ravens game; the line is actually moving against them, which makes me think that the uh, Titans are actually the right side of this game here in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Another angle that I've been looking at is the reports that come out of uh, New York. Have you know the Yankee? Uh, excuse me. The uh, I'm watching the Yankee game, but the uh, <laughs> the Giants. Brian Dable does not want anything to be filmed he's not allowing the media to record anything that happens during 11 on 11 drills and the reason being is he doesn't want any information getting out there he doesn't want clips on the internet of what he's doing offensively which makes me believe that when the Giants line up in the preseason they're going to be very vanilla because if he doesn't yes. want any practice stuff getting out there, he's certainly not going to want to put anything on film during the preseason. So I would look to maybe fade the Giants in the preseason because their offense is going to be very vanilla.
3: That
4: is a fantastic takeaway. Let me give you an example of how that actually worked out in 2012 when I was in Washington, D.C. Mike Shanahan's is the quarterback. They draft this kid, Robert Griffin the third, second overall at a Baylor. He didn't play in the preseason. Think of that. Your prized possession does not play in the preseason. If memory serves, the last preseason game was against Buffalo. He was supposed to play in that game. He didn't. They showed nothing in the preseason. The wins, losses, they did not matter to the Shanahan Brain Trust. Kyle was on that staff, of course. So was Sean McVay. What happens week one? They go down in New Orleans, and Griffining becomes a thre- thing, and they shock the Saints. He goes on to be rookie of the year, and the Washington, then Washington Redskins go on to win the division that year. The first year, there is a to me that is something to really track. And I know that the win total feels a little bit high in the Giants this year, but to me that shows me he doesn't want to give a thing away in the fake football season. Week one, you know, watch out because that's when the, the the NFL and the Giants will finally show their true hand. So I know there were clips of you know Danny Dimes throwing it away, and everything, like, go again, Jimmy Garoppolo, blah, blah, blah. Watch those teams that are super, super secretive. There's no way I'd play on them in the preseason, to your point. I would look to the Giants in week one and look for that shock and awe like I saw back in D.C. in 2012.
2: You know what? I'm actually high on the Giants this year. And I'm high on the Eagles as well. And it's because I'm down on the Cowboys. And I know you're a Cowboy fan, so I'll let you defend your team here. But I do think the injuries to the wide receiving core is going to come back to hurt them. I think CD's going to get a lot of attention this year because he's no longer a a youngster. He is now the top dog on this team. So I think he's going to command a lot of attention. And I just think it's going to be a step back here for this Cowboys team.
4: Well, look, I've been on the network saying it, and I agree with you. I, look, as a Cowboys fan, I would love to see them repeat as division champs. It hasn't happened in the division in almost 20 years.
2: Since 2004, yep. One of
4: the most, it's absolutely bizarre to look at that. It's been two decades since the Eagles did it back-to-back. So that's just a trend. Trends can be your friends. You don't have to get married to them, that's for sure. But to the point of the Eagles and the Giants getting better, I absolutely believe it. And you can see the, the marketplace has reflected it. Before the draft happened in April, you would have a weigh $1.25 if you wanted to bet the Cowboys to win the East. Now, in some shots, you can get up to $1.30 on the Cowboys. That's how much the Eagles have been taking a lot of that money. And, and some of that, for a longer shot, is the G-men in New York. And look, I'm a big Brian Dable guy. I think they have stability, uh, certainly with that offense. If Daniel Jones is going to be anything, he's going to have the best opportunity to do it this year with this coaching staff. And he's on a it year. So Daniel Jones knows if I don't play well and I got my last shot to be a starting quarterback, at least in New York, if it goes south, no contract's coming and I'm out of here. So he's playing for a job too. They're, they're a very intriguing team. I think they had a really good draft in New York. We'll see how quickly these young kids can come up. But, yeah, the Cowboys numbers are down, which makes me – it entices me to look at them a little bit closer. But they are going to struggle early in the year. And you do worry about the passing game a little bit. Ezekiel Elliott. Can he turn back the clock a little bit? Will Power get more run? What's the offensive line? A lot of changes up front for the Cowboys this year. We saw on the defensive side of the ball, they did not get better. Randy Gregory, they botched that. He goes to, to Denver. So there are a lot of key cogs in the machine for the Cowboys that made them a 12 one team a year ago, easily winning the NFC East. I don't know if that's going to be the same thing here. I do think there's some, some live value there. Certainly the Eagles potentially win the division. I'm not as high on Jalen Hurts here as maybe some people are, I am very curious about the Giants. And I, I will look at playing them in week one because I think what Brian Dable is doing here in camp is going to go into the preseason. They're going to be very vanilla, to, to, exactly to your point. And I think they're going to be really a big surprise early in this season.
2: Well, we'll take a look at that for sure. Dave, always appreciate the time and the conversation. Looking forward to catching up again soon.
4: You got it, brother. Thanks, Scott.
2: There he is, our very own Dave Ross. Catch him on Twitter, at DRossSports, all across the network here on Vsin And be sure to head to vsincom slash podcast to get a hold of First Strike, our MMA show. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter. At-
1: from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip.
3: I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from
1: this board.